It's time to turn out the lights, grab some popcorn, and watch some horrible comic book movies. This is the Terrible Terror Podcast. For the month of October, I, along with my super friends, will delve into the world of comic book movies. Why do we do it? Well, because I made them, and I love these horrible movies. If you've made a comic book movie on your phone, or made your own special effects MacGyver style, please send it my way. Now, what do you get when you mix Marvel and Ridiculous Cage? Why, you get Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. everybody and welcome to another episode of the terrible terror podcast this is number three in our month of superhero movies and i've got my next set of guests with me please welcome kyle and jd from the back in time podcast hello that's uh kyle by the way <laughs> that's kyle with the worst mrs doubtfire ever now listen to jd rock the house hello! yeah that was better i gotta i gotta concede that yeah that- i practice a lot well, you mean if I have to grade the two, uh, Kyle probably gets like a – I'd give him like a five or six. Uh, okay. But, J.D., you've got like a seven or eight. You're, you're rocking the, the Mrs. Doubtfire. I would probably be like a two. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm pretty used to getting Fs in school. That sounds about right. 50 60%. I'm good to go. There you go. So thank you guys very much for joining me for Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Jesus Christ. Uh, so I know when I threw out all of them, uh, this was kind of the, the one, the, like the low hanging fruit and I was going to see who took it and nobody took it and it kind of dropped on you guys. Uh, but I do appreciate it because this is honestly probably my favorite of the four that we are doing. Yeah, I, it, I think it might be the worst out of the four, but it's my favorite because of Nick Cage. And, um, I actually was not that mad when we got selected, because I was like, we just get to talk Nick Cage the whole time. Now, who does the best Nick Cage over there? I don't know if we even do Nick Cage, do we? That we've not done a Nick Cage before. That sounds so exciting. Ooh, I get to break the Nick Cage cherry on a podcast then? Well, no, I. you know what? We did do Face Off, and I feel like Kyle oh. did a much better Nick Cage. No, no, no. Hey, yeah, you, uh, you got it wrong. You're missing, uh, we did The Rock. The Rock with Sean Connery. Give me somebody toss me a Nick Cage line and I'll do my best Nick Cage impression. Just go through the alpha, alphabet. He does that in one one, one yeah, show. Yeah. He's like, you gotta file it in the cabinet, and he just goes off. That's a vampire's hey. kiss, right? I think so. Yeah. So just A B. <laughs> that- I feel like I'm more Keanu Reeves there. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well you get a lot of those in this movie uh especially when he's trying to intimidate people 
It's that I, I wish I could even like remotely try to do this. I mean, I have a, a flawless Arnold Schwarzenegger, but my Nick's Cage would be pearl, like absolutely terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we well once we get into it, it the sometimes they just come. We get we start going and we'll we'll just jump into some impressions. They're not always good though. Well, you know, that's the way it is, when, especially when you have guests come by the podcast. You know, I expect nothing but the worst of impressions when uh, it comes to this podcast. Awesome. You got the right guys. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me a little bit about your experience just with Ghost Rider, the character in general. So I'm going to jump in. I'm just going to cut Kyle right off. Not even going to give him a chance to talk. Um, I've, oh, I've been a fan of Ghost Rider since I was a kid. I, I read his comic books, had the action figures. Um, I was very excited when the first movie came out and was instantly disappointed by what I saw. I had never seen the second movie until you invited us on your podcast to jump in and, and join you with it. So uh, it gave me an opportunity to reaffirm my love for Ghost Rider. And I often confuse and say ghost writer and ghost writer. So if I, if I screw anyone up, I'm sorry. We're not talking about the uh, ghost book that helped you read. No, we're not going to do an Alan Smithy film at the same time, right? Well, even though maybe this should have been. <laughs> yeah, I, I really – I'll jump in real quick too. I don't have a, a real good in with Ghost Rider. I do recognize the comic books just from growing up. Like I saw the illustrations. I thought it was cool, but – until the first movie came out, I really didn't know anything about Ghost Rider. And, and see, I was kind of a casual fan when it came to Ghost Rider. Like, I thought the character, like, the design has always been really cool, but I've never been huge. Like, I've read some of them, and a lot, mostly with the Johnny Blaze version of the Ghost Rider. Uh, and then past that, I just kind of dropped off. Like, you know, my, in comics in general, uh, you know, my friend Pat from Paranormal Pativity, he's still been like the comic guy if i need to know something i go to that guy to do it uh but it's one of those characters where i just kind of from the moment that i saw him i was like i really need to know more about him i mean he's basically just like a skeleton with flames you know uh, killing bad guys well not necessarily killing but converting bad guys i guess yeah and i bet nick cage was like well i've already switched my face with John Travolta, so now I'm just a skeleton. This will be awesome. <laughs> well, Offer accepted. I mean, he couldn't get Superman, so what's the next best thing? To become a skeleton <laughs> that has a flame head. Have you ever... Have you seen the, the photos of him in the Superman costume? They're I, brutal. They're, they're pretty damn brutal, but I, I think it's hilarious that he actually voiced Superman in the uh, Teen Titans Go movie. Yeah. Which was awesome when you when I finally heard him. I'm like, wait a second, that's fucking Nick Cage. Like, I got dragged to that movie and I actually liked it a lot more than I thought I was going to. Yeah, my son saw it. He loved it. So, are you guys ready to dive right into the uh, the film that we know as Ghost Rider: Spirit of Vengeance? Let's do it. Let's let's light our faces on fire. <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far, but let's begin. So. It starts off with Idris Elba on a motorcycle driving in and coming up to a monastery of monks where he kind of starts questioning around, well, they're looking for somebody and they believe that they found who they're looking for. You found the boy? Yes. 
It's not safe here. Nonsense. This is a fortress. The full resources of the Order are at our disposal. Respectfully, Benedict, the devil himself wants this child. There is only one place that is safe. That is the sanctuary. The rider must take him. You do enjoy your wine, Moro. In a few days, the winter solstice will be past and with it the hour of the prophecy. And the boy will be of no use to anyone. By that time, brother, we will all be dead. This conversation is finished. And it sure is finished because basically a bunch of mercenaries come in and start shooting up everybody. Now, first, I want to ask you guys, how do you rate that accent that Idris Elba is doing? Well, that's his normal speaking voice, is it not? I thought he was just British. I didn't think he was French. That's supposed to be French? That's supposed to be French, yes. He did Oof. not come off as very Frenchy, no? <laughs> oh, Neither oh. did that, Kyle. Hey, what? He loves his wine, okay? <laughs> <laughs> How many more French stereotypes can we do? Quick. <laughs> that's all I can. Wine and cheese, <laughs> the laugh. Being rude, <laughs> all of it above. <laughs> So these priests themselves, though, are really high-tech. Like, they've got all these random computers that seem like they don't belong in this, like, really authentic, like, Romanian castle. Uh, and it's kind of like I, I was forgetting the movie where it had the monks that were also, like, really high-tech in it. I don't know if you guys remember that film. Is that Goldeneye, James Bond? I'm not sure if it was Goldeneye. <laughs> just, I think they were Russians, my bad. <laughs> oh, yeah, because, you know, when we have Russian monks... Um, that's when they get to be high tech. <laughs> no, I, I just, I don't remember what movie it was. I remember there was the, a Futurama episode where there was the monks that were looking for God with the big giant telescope that had the, the huge amounts of computer tech and everything. But I could have sworn there was some movie back in the day that had it. It was like some action movie that was similar to this film. But nonetheless, they have a ton of equipment that is completely useless because it doesn't protect them from all the bullets that randomly start flying everywhere. Uh, we get to see Nadia and her son, Danny. And before we get into it, and before I forget, uh, do you guys know the connection that they have with that character, Danny, uh, specifically with this film and with the Ghost Rider franchise? Nope. Lay it on us. So that is um, Danny eventually becomes Ghost Rider in the comics. Like, he's the second iteration of Ghost Rider. So, that that specific character, even though I don't think this one really has anything, when they use the name, that's what they're referring to, because, spoiler alert, Blackout shows out later, and Blackout is his greatest nemesis in his series of Ghost Rider comic books. Hmm. So, oh, that's, that's, a, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I thought there was like... A, the one thing that this movie does, at least the writers, they know the source material enough to, like, even though we're not going to exactly do the comics, we're going to at least reference a lot of things within it. So and that's oh, that's yeah. an important thing that I think a lot of comic book movies really need to focus on. So it's, it's good that you mentioned that at the heart of it, they are keeping true to the story. Yeah, so they're, whether it's totally true to the story, uh, I don't believe that it is, but they're at least trying to make those connections, and they're not flat out saying it at the same time. Like, it actually took me, like, going and reading and like, oh, well, that's that character's name, and then going from there and realizing, okay, hey, here's where his connections lie. So, the, basically, you have uh, Nadia's boyfriend, uh, who right now the name fucking escapes me, why, why I don't know. 
Um, if you guys remember, please let me know. <laughs> but uh, he basically chases them out of there, kills a bunch of the priests that are there, and then there's the big giant road chase uh, where Idris Elbow's character Moreau, he chases after them. And there's that really weird shot where he kind of flies off of the bike and then it goes into slow motion and he shoots the tires out that yeah. I was like, the, it just looked really like Idris Elba looked really awkward, like in that scene. See, I, I agree. It does look awkward, but I, I kind of feel like when I was watching the film at the beginning, I, and I even searched for this. I was like, did they try and make this a 3d movie? It's, I don't know. It's like, it's really, it's like super HD. Like, I don't know what kind of camera they were using, but it, it looks really good. But yeah, the CGI kind of sucks in different parts of this movie, but I think the look of it is pretty pretty cool though. The look of it is definitely really neat. It's weird because this movie has a very low budget for this type of film. At the time in uh, 2012, this had a $57 million budget. Mm-hmm. which most of it went, I believe, just to the CGI of Ghost Rider in that one really kick-ass scene that is in the middle of the film. Right. Yep. So, and the origi- original had a $110 million budget, so, I mean, they really backed it off for the sequel. Yeah, and it actually did pretty well, too. I mean, I think it made $132 million? Yep. So, But for some reason, you know, well, Nicolas Cage didn't want to do another sequel after this film. So a sequel to this has never come up, even though Ghost Rider showed up again in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I believe. Correct. So we see that explosion, well, basically knocking off the truck. Then we cut over and we get the exposition from Nicolas Cage, our favorite Cage of all time. And he talks about basically kind of reintroducing Johnny Blaze. It doesn't matter how far you run. There are some demons you just can't escape. My name is Johnny Blaze. I used to ride a motorcycle for a living. I did a bare ass 360 triple backflip in front of 22,000 people. (laughs) It's kind of funny. It's on YouTube. Check it out. But when my dad got sick, I did something way crazier than that. You look like you could use a little help. Are you willing? To make a D, John. boy. Do it. Save his life. <laughs> Do it! Yeah, that is right. I'm the guy who made the deal with the devil. Now, I know what you're thinking. Doesn't this kid watch movies? Does this ever work out fine? Let's just say good judgment was not exactly my forte. I was possessed by an ancient demon. In the presence of evil, I changed into a monster and I prey on the wicked and I suck out their souls and you don't want to be around when that happens see there's good and bad in all of us and maybe you're not a murderer but you did something you wouldn't want the writer to see a white lie an illegal download what about you and you I've tried to fight it to hold it back but the darkness inside me only gets stronger. That's why I had to run halfway across the world. So I have to say that I like the way that this kind of like credit sequence type thing is really done. It's all done in kind of like 
what seems like flash animation, right? But you have that scene where he's talking about, like, one, is pretty fucked up if the ghostwriter's going to suck out your soul because you illegally downloaded something somewhere. But when he's saying <laughs> that, it's like looking into the crowd and it's like trying to pinpoint, even though it's not going to exactly pinpoint, he's looking over the crowd for those people. And, and I didn't get a chance to see this in the theater, but I think that would have looked really, really cool. I think it's a, for me, it was a little too meta. It was just kind of like so on the nose, like, hey, you know, if, if it came out in 2018, what would he have said to, you know, attack who you voted for or something like that? Like, illegal downloading was a big thing in 2011, but I don't know. It was just kind of like, are people really going to get that reference if they watch that movie now or in 10 years or in 20 years? Like, when we have movies beaming directly into our brains. Yeah, what'd you do? Beam this movie to your brain illegally? You didn't pay for the chip? <laughs> I just thought the uh, just kind of the way that they they did the whole sequence was was neat. Yeah, it's a little cliche. It's a little like looking upon you, you know. And like you said, you're correct. Like, does that hold up? Does it hold up now? Eh, it it kind of doesn't. At least what he's saying, but the the effect or what they were trying to go for, I felt was like at least somewhat interesting. It's somewhat different than a lot of different movies when you have set uh, directly from the beginning. So from here, we see that Johnny Cage, he's basically run away and he's run away to Romania. And the reason that he's in Romania is because the, you know, filmmakers needed a cheap place to film this movie. Like, that's the only reason why I felt that even tried to, like, set it over here. Well, when you lose half your budget, you start getting creative. Can't blame them. No, and it's kind of interesting that's how, like, they wrote it into the story as well. Like, okay, he's just running away from the fact that he's the writer which, you know, he's kind of giving him like a Superman 2 type of thing, especially with part of it. He wants to get rid of these powers to be normal once again. And, of course, here comes uh, Moreau to basically give him an out to do that. You thought that you could control it, make it work for you, huh? That you were stronger than this deep, hungry thing, this sickness. Why are you here? What do you want from me? I need your help. And you need your soul. So we make a deal. You know about making deals, don't you, Johnny? Nice bike. This child. He's in danger. And for more than his life. You will save him. I don't save people. <laughs> what brought you out here, Johnny Blaze? Thousands of miles from your place of birth and your dark rebirth. You were brought here for this. This little kid. What makes you think I can find him? This man that you met. Years ago, that put the curse on you? Rourke. The devil has many names. He is the link that connects you to this child. Let the rider follow his stench. He will lead you to the boy. You said something about a deal. The church of my masters is an ancient one. We are prepared to give to you the one thing you want most of this world. 
bring us the boy. And we will lift your curse. Okay, so if, with this, I mean, I, I since you, you uh, JD, you've never seen this before. Like, what were your first kind of impressions when you're, you're, this kind of like plot device is being brought forth to you? I don't know. I'm I'm trying to not be overly negative. I'm just going to preface preface that by saying that. But I, I sort of listen to this and just take the ham fisted exposition of it, and I'm just like. Uh, I just kind of roll my eyes a little bit. But at the same time, that's really in the spirit of the comic book, too. Because as you read the comic book, in, or any comic book, especially back in the day, like all they had was moments of exposition to tell you what was going on. So I took it like that, and I, I just took it for what it was. And quite honestly, I, I really feel like his accent goes kind of Arnold in some of these spots. So. <laughs> It's okay. You can be as negative as you want. I'm totally fine with it. Um, so, uh, you know, let your true feelings fly when it comes to these scenes. It, it does sound like Idris Elba's having a hard time pushing out a dump every time he speaks. <laughs> he said, I can speak my truth, not you, Kyle. Come on. Oh. Yeah, you know, my Kyle, apologies. you have to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I, no, I thought this was great. I mean, he sounds smooth. Not grumbled at all. <laughs> what are you talking about? You don't know how to do the accent. <laughs> <laughs> Just to have a frog in your throat and everything will be fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> so from here we cut over and we see Nadia and her... Well, she's flirting with some dude, some businessman. And you kind of learn that they've been on the streets for a long time. And this is one of the ways that they get money. So she may not be winning, you know, Mom of the Year award. But at least she knows how to survive with her son uh, by stealing from them. But she doesn't realize that she's being uh, watched by Kerrigan, uh, the name of the boyfriend, the ex-boyfriend. Uh, <laughs> and uh, she drives off and they're following after them. And also, they all don't know that Johnny Blaze has... Turned into the, I guess he turned into the Ghost Rider at the end of the scene. Yeah, because he we went off and the flames were at the end of the bike, uh, and he's chasing after them. And there's a little bit of a chase scene, and that's where they finally catch up. Uh, to Kerrigan catches up to uh, Nadia and Danny, uh, and then you get the first kind of scene with Ghost Rider and kind of what he can do. Um, with this scene, this was kind of like kind of set the tone for me for the way that the the action was going to go but ghost rider seemed really like stiff to me and i didn't remember it being so stiff with the movements that he did i guess i didn't pick up on the the stiffness of ghost rider but um i i do notice that he he looks a little different than the first movie and i also i read that in some interesting facts as well that they kind of redesigned his look Make him a little bit more like charred. So yeah. it's, I, I can't, geez, I haven't watched the original since it was in theater. So it's been a while. Same here. It's been a while since I saw that, and the only time I saw this was when I was really sick, and it happened to be on TV. And so I ended up like sitting down. It's one of those couch movies where I couldn't get up because uh, I didn't want to change the channel, and then I just kind of got enthralled into watching it. So yeah. I. I I don't really know the difference. I think if I remember correctly, there was a little more of the kind of like white skull uh, ghost rider that you got from some of the beginning of the comics where this one, it's definitely like you say, it does look a lot darker and charred with the, the face, but he has those weird, like 
it's almost like they're doing weird jump cuts with his moves. So, like, he kind of, uh, or, or that, like, fast move kind of uh, up to people, you know, they use in some types of horror movies. Yeah. So it's, Yeah, that's a good catch. It, it's, it's a very weird, like, sense. But the, the way that they actually, like, fight in this scene is relatively, I, I would say it's relatively impressive. Like, he gets the first guy, he hits him with the chain, and he just, like, spins him, and then the guy just disintegrates into flames. Yeah, and the the intro to this is really cool. With um, Moreau is uh, about ready to light a cigarette, and he goes to he hits the match, and he's trying to get a cigarette, and it like kind of goes out, and he's like, "Oh, it must be Ghost Rider." <laughs> he just runs over, and <laughs> here he is. What do you know? But well, I thought that was kind of cool, though, with the match. I was like, "That's that's a neat way to bring him in." And they had to bring out the heavy guns right away too. Like they they try to shoot him doesn't really go down it's until they use the the grenade launcher on one of the guns to take him out that he they're finally able to escape but they only basically run away with danny and kind of leave nadia there by herself so that's when next morning we wake up to a nicholas cage trying to flirt with uh the nurse that's there oh you're weak hi uh, it's funny because when you walked in I, I i thought i was still dreaming you have hallucinating? No, no, man, I'm not hallucinating. <laughs> Look, I'm, I'm flirting with you. Uh, yes, Fomasa. Play, play. Okay, morphine. Uh, two eye morphine. You got any morphine? Oh, no, no morphine. You already have. Dilaudid. Uh, Valium, what do you got? Your wounds. Very weird, mister. <sighs> the police want to talk to you when you wake up. No. I tell them you wake No! Uh, please. So, I don't know why that part really needs to be in there, other than maybe a little bit of comedic relief. I, I guess. Was that supposed to be funny? God. Well, come on. That's he's... a brutal scene to listen to him, and he's just like, more morphine. He's like, he sounds like a real druggie. Like, I just, I just need my fix. What do you got? What do you got? Well, he's in pain, and he needs to get the hell out of there because he's worried that things are going to go on. But then the beginning where he's trying to like flirt with him, it's like, Super awkward and it's it's difficult to listen to. Yeah, maybe how, creative control though. He's like, I'm a I'm an A list superstar, so I'm gonna need to flirt with the hot chick. So the director's like, okay, whatever you say. That was my hot chick. Oh, jeez. <laughs> a glimpse into Kyle's world. Hey, can we talk a little bit about how he gets so messed up? Sure. I don't know. I don't know what the, the swearing uh, can I swear on you your... can do whatever you want. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna rephrase it. Can we talk about how he got so fucked up? Because apparently, whatever they shot him with was like kryptonite to Ghost Rider. Oh yeah, and and there is something else that happens later that I'm like, wait, why did that do so much more damage to Ghost Rider? Because he's he's the devil incarnate, the handmaiden of Satan, and. He could take bullets and spit them out, but this one gun is his, like, sole weakness, apparently? Yeah, he just takes a grenade to the chest, and he's knocked out for a while. Like, he gets has thrown to, into a car. <laughs> and he has to go to the hospital? Like, are they checking his insurance? Like, I want to know the whole <laughs> backstory. Are they running his policy number? And, oh, this is Johnny Blaze here, or, oh, little son, Johnny Blaze. <laughs> Oh, I see you have the Medicaid that is not taken here. Uh, 
<laughs> Those are the scenes that I want to see instead of this just cheap ass, you know, morphine scene, which, you know. Does anybody else pick up that Nadia looks exactly like Feruza Bulk? Every time she comes on the screen, I'm like, wouldn't she get in this movie? You wish. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I kind of would wish over this person as well, uh, just because I know then she can craft some spells on top of me. <laughs> Either that or help me with my water. One of those two things is going to happen. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know, like, why they... It seems like, like that happened, and how exactly he got there. Like, who dropped him off? Was it Nadia that dropped him off? All we know is that he just woke up. Uh, unless, of course, the cops came and picked him up and just like, Oh, hey, look at this guy. He's got some... Like, does he have a giant hole in his chest? Does he, like, what exactly happened? Because they do show him for a second, like, his shirt's up, and they say, your wounds are weird, but he pulls his shirt down, you can't really see if anything was done, or he had, like, bruises or anything. Just that he wants more morphine. Maybe he has three nipples. (laughs) That's the weird uh, injury that he has, getting hit by a rocket when your Ghost Rider makes you get another nipple on your chest? Weirder things have happened. But that's pretty true. So he gets out of bed. He gets out of there. His clothes happen to still be there in the room as well. Like, I can kind of be okay with that. But at the same time, like, wouldn't they just, like, store that somewhere else? Like, if he's just going to sit down there inside his, you know, hospital robes. But <laughs> he's able to get dressed and get out of there. And he runs into Nadia. Meanwhile, uh, we cut over and we see that Kerrigan is calling up Rourke or Satan, uh, whichever one you want to talk about. Uh, and Satan installs something into Danny so that Ghost Rider can't follow him. Carrigan. I got your package, but the cost of doing business with me just went up. I don't understand. What's not to understand? I want more. You understand that? We have an agreement, Carrigan. Changing the defined terms of agreement is something we just don't do. You told me to get a kid. Not a problem. I've done that for people before. And I have history with this bitch of a mom. So there's no better guy for the job. But what you didn't tell me is that I'd be walking into the middle of a goddamn horror movie. (laughs) Oh, this is a funny deal. Three of my guys got turned into matchsticks last night by a dude on a motorcycle with his head on fire. Come again. You heard me. I've seen things, weird things, bad things. You put that thing last night? No, 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 no. Put the boy on the phone. Talk. Talk. Danny, do you hear me? I want you to listen very closely. What the hell was that? Think of the child as a sort of computer. You know computers, right? I just uploaded a little program. A firewall. Our friend on the motorcycle won't be able to sense him now. To track him. Of course, he still may be able to find you, so uh, I suggest you keep moving. Okay, so let's talk about Rourke first before we get into anything else here. Why isn't he Peter Fonda in this movie? 
So in, in the first Ghost Rider, Mephistopheles slash Rourke slash Satan was played by Peter Fonda. And here it's guy with droopy face. <laughs> guy with droopy face. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good insult. <laughs> well, and it gets droopier as the movie goes on as well. Like, he seriously is like the uh, human embodiment of Droopy. That's the only thing I could think of when he was talking. I was going to make a Jim Ross joke from WWF, but I won't. (laughs) Oh, no, you can. (laughs) Please. No, I I don't think I should. (laughs) (laughs) And then the other thing is Kerrigan, he's trying to do his best uh, Christian Slater. (laughs) That it, it's a pretty awful Christian Slater impression, but I definitely picked up on that as well. I was like, "Who's this guy trying to act like?" That's a good call. This this whole scene just had me thinking of the Devil's Advocate with Al Pacino and Keanu Reeves. So I'm like totally stoked to watch that movie now. <laughs> oh, maybe that'll just be the next. We'll just go straight from this into that, except for I don't oh, have the clips ready for that film. So we have. Him installing the firewall, okay? There is a lot of really bad puns in this movie. And and that's like the first of... Well, I don't know if that's the first of many. Uh, or or the really the first bad pun. But the fact that he's protecting him from Ghost Rider... I, I get it. I get why they did it and why he's trying to make the comparison. But I just felt like they could have done something without having to make that type of joke in this film. Of course... None of the jokes really fly in the movie, and or at least the ones that are intended to be funny. Well, yeah, and it's just so convenient that he just, they have this phone conversation, and you know computers, right? I uploaded a firewall. Like, oh, come on. <laughs> at least didn't, like, show yourself injecting him or do something. Just, but this is the best they can do. You know computers, right? What the fuck? you? Yes, yes, I'm aware of computers, old droopy face. <laughs> <laughs> what What if he said no? What if he said, you know computers, right? N- no, I'm in fucking Romania. What do you think I do? Sir, please enroll me in an IT class and teach me computers. That way I don't have to work for the backhanded droopy face devil. You, you think that Satan has IT classes? Come on. You know, he would make you at least pay for it, right? What? <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, and credits don't transfer. <laughs> That's true. It's, it's like a really shitty community college or, you know, like an ITT tech or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> so we cut back over and we see that Johnny Blaze and Nadia, they've teamed up. They ran into each other outside. Uh, and, of course, she's a little wary about going along with them. And he basically says, uh, you can't really trust me, but trust me anyway. Come along. Uh, and then they get into an interesting conversation in the, okay, so does anybody know how they got the stupid tow, tow truck? Like, did they steal it, like, right away? And how the hell did they get his bike back? Movie magic. They they seriously go from, like, all of these, like, ambulances and other medical vehicles that are around there to now we're on the road with a tow truck. And we happen to have Johnny's bike right in the back. It's perfect. It all works I out. Feel- yeah, I feel like there's so many missing scenes that they just don't include. This this is like the 40 minutes of Venom that's missing, but it's for Ghost Rider instead. So we exactly. missed all the, the fun stuff that they did, how they got the bike, uh, how he checked in to, with his medical insurance, 
later on, you know, how Droopy Face actually, you know, manages to learn how to drive a car. All that fun stuff. <laughs> so let's hear them talk about what uh, Nadia's situation is with Rourke. Yeah, okay, well, let me just get something straight. The guy who kidnapped Danny and tried to kill you and blew me up with grenades. You two were like boyfriend, girlfriend? Kerrigan was a gun runner, a drug dealer, a mercenary. I didn't care about any of that. I just started to get out. Right, okay, and so Danny... Is... Danny what? Is Kerrigan's son? No. Uh... When you met the seducer, he offered you something. Yeah. My father's life. Shocker, he lied. For me, it was only myself. It was supposed to be a big score for Kerrigan, but it went bad. I made it out of the third floor window. I was choking on my own blood. I knew I was gonna die. I could feel it. And that's when he found me. You look like you could use a little help. Rourke. He promised to take the pain away. To save my life. But he asked for something in return. Son? Maybe you can never understand. No, I get it. You're the devil's baby mama. Okay, what else could he have asked for? Like, he basically said... And he wanted a son. How did he know that he was going to have a son? Like, how did Satan actually determine that, okay, I'm going to knock you up and it's definitely going to be my son? See, that's what's so great about the movie The Devil's Advocate, because then Satan has so many other minions around to help him out until he does get his son in Keanu Reeves. I'm hijacking this episode. We're talking about (laughs) The Devil's Advocate from here on out. (laughs) Just every time I come back to you, you can come back with The Devil's Advocate uh, uh, correlation. So in the next scene, Billy Lomax walks into his apartment and finds his wife in the back room. Let's listen to a clip. It turns out that it's Nadia. Whoa. Whoa, okay. Maybe you guys should have done the Constantine episode because you guys have, or JD has a good Keanu Reeves going down there. He sure does. How's your own Wilson? Oh, wow. Wow. Kyle's got it on par. But but seriously though, like the you know, Nick Cage he makes a deal with the devil, and the only thing that he gets out of it is to be Ghost Rider, which is honestly not a bad deal when you think about it, because you get to go around, you get to you know take people's souls, you can be a skeleton every once in a while, you know I don't know what he's really bitching about, but her thing is is to have Satan's baby, baby what a mama. Shit deal. <laughs> it's how, the- sexist, how sexist could they have been? Well, you get a baby, and he's like, I'm going to kill everybody. <laughs> what kind of writing was this? Well, you know, they could have gone the other way. She could have been the one that could have been killing everybody, and Nicolas Cage could have had the baby. Could you even imagine Nicolas Cage pulling off that role? I mean, I really can. Well, now we, we need a remake of Junior later. with Nicolas Cage. Just thinking the same thing. We have a Junior spinoff on our hands. Weren't they Brilliant. supposed to make Junior 2? Junior, <laughs> so it's the baby that Arnold has has grown into Nicolas Cage. And now he's going to have a baby. Oh God, that's brilliant! Wow, <laughs> wow, wow, wow! Two of them! Wow, <laughs> wow! <laughs> so 
from here we get to have we get to see Kerrigan and the little kid, uh, and Danny manages to overpower the guy that's driving the car, which I found ridiculous. Like how how could you actually like grab on the steering wheel? I, I guess if you're kind of surprised or something like that, but like he couldn't control it just after he moved it just a little bit. Though you do get another one of the funniest scenes in the film where after everybody's like, the car has crashed, and then one guy's in the car, and he's like, dude, help me out of here. And he's like, you're on your own. And so I got, I got nothing on that one, sorry. <laughs> I, I was just, I'm sorry, I zoned off thinking about what I would do if I was driving with Kyle and we got into a car accident. And I looked over and I got out and he was trapped. And I'd just be like, dude, you're on your own. I'm getting a Slurpee. <laughs> You totally would, son what? of a bitch. Now, what type of Slurpee? Is it worth it? Oh, I do the mix. I like to get a little bit of everything. Oh, so it's like a suicide Slurpee? Oh, duh. Oh, I see. So we get a nice little layer going on, and then meanwhile, Kyle's still sitting there at the bottom of the car. The flames are slowly going over there. Got to make sure that you do the equal measurements just right. Well, I'll tell you what, if I drink enough Slurpee, in a few hours I'll have to pee, and I can come put the fire out. See, all you have to last is a couple hours, Kyle. Hey, little known fact, um, he really does love Slurpees. In, in fact, the first movie we ever made was called Slurpees, in which we went to a convenience store and, and he uh, partook in a nice, what, 32-ounce Slurpee? Yep. And then was, uh, and then I killed you in the woods with a yeah, machete. I almost, almost broke my ankle that night. It's on YouTube. JD's going to hate me for saying that. No, please never tell anybody about the shitty <laughs> movies we tried to make. <laughs> so, after the Slurpee run, they run into some Euro trash like hippies or something under the bridge that you only see for a little bit, and they manage to steal their van because, uh, and that's pretty gruesome when the kid breaks his ankle. Like, oh yeah, it, is. it, it was horrible. I was surprised I that they were going to go done. that far. Sorry, Kyle, what? I said I thought he had it coming. Oh, you thought the kid had it coming? Little bastard. Wait, what's the kid's name? Danny. Dammy. Danny. Danny boy. Dan it, Dammy, No, I'm sorry. For a second, I, I, I zoned out again, and I was, like, just fantasizing about his name being Charlie. Sorry. What, he's got a chocolate factory waiting for him after he merges with Satan? I hate all characters named Charlie, so. He does. It's a It's a theme. Mighty Ducks. Um, what was the other Charlie that we had? Another movie. Gosh, tell you what, I don't like. I don't like Charlie and his chocolate factory. Just ruining his grandparents' life. Yeah, Grandpa Joe had it made until Charlie found that damn golden ticket. Grandpa Joe was a lazy asshole. <laughs> he could get up all the time. <laughs> Future episode: duking it out. Who is Grandpa Joe? A good man or a lazy asshole? There we go. <laughs> sitting in the bed motherfucker um so so they're driving on along the way and we get to learn a little more about uh what's up with the devil on earth why does the devil walk on earth in human form anyway i have no idea maybe he doesn't know either maybe he just passes on from body to body down through history waiting for the perfect fit but i know one thing on Earth, he's weak. His powers are limited. He needs emissaries to do his dirty work. So he finds them or makes them using his greatest power. The power of 
the deal. So I could make a really uh, timely joke here, but I'm going to pass on it. Was it going to be a Donald Trump joke? <laughs> it might have been. <laughs> That's all he's described. <laughs> he's got no power on Earth other than the power of the deal. I'm, is it Nicholas Cage is not good at voiceover at all? I'm listening to this and I'm I'm holding back my laughter so it doesn't cut into the audio. And I'm laughing hysterically over here to the way he's saying these words. He's like, the deal. The art. God, can you take a Morgan Freeman class for God's sakes? <laughs> he doesn't have power. <laughs> I'm going to need Nicolas Cage to uh, narrate some penguins going into the ocean. That's what I'm going to need <laughs> next. <laughs> if it were free, would you let him narrate your life? Oh, I totally would. I think it would be the I'd best thing ever. And then he sat on the toilet. <sighs> then he sat down for an hour and a half, grabbing audio from one of my movies. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not saying he's wasting his life away, but it sure seems like it. Continue. <laughs> So from here, while I catch my breath, uh, they decide to chase, chase down one of Kerrigan's contacts in the most like Euro trash of Euro trash clubs that I think I've seen in a movie since Triple uh, X, <laughs> when when the beginning Ooh, of Rammstein. Well, you remember Rammstein was playing in that club and they're all going fire fry, you know, and everything was like really cool. Where this is like a bunch of people standing around, <laughs> like barely moving. <laughs> We're just gonna go through the crowd. The extras are like, you just want to stand here and look <laughs> stupid, no? <laughs> Kyle, you need to bone up on your European country accent there. That was your best French accent all night. <laughs> was this? Oh, it's French again. Yeah, my bad. No, we're, we're in Romania. See, I thought I was closer to Romania. I, I'm, I'm sticking to my impression. <laughs> this is bad impression of you trying to talk like somebody of North America. <laughs> that wasn't bad, dude. Not bad. So they run into somebody, once they've gone through this horrible Eurotrash nightclub, uh, that used to work with both Nadia and Kerrigan. And uh, this is probably the best uh, Nicolas Cage that you're going to get out of the entire film, where he explains what the Ghost Rider is going to do to this guy. When we get where we're going, the Rider's going to come out. And when he does, he'll destroy whoever's got it coming. <laughs> Nadia, this thing, there's no reason, no conscience, just hunger in his eyes. <laughs> You're no different than Kerrigan. You're no different than any of them. I'm not afraid of you. Yeah, you should be. You look good. Shut up. Shut up. He's been talking to Kerrigan the last couple of days and a few hours ago. John? You talked to Kerrigan. I talked to a lot of people. Hey, I got what you need for those shakes, my friend. Kerrigan must have told me about that thing that killed his men last night, huh? Yeah? That thing is inside of me. See, you're a bad man. And this thing, the writer, he feeds on them and he's hungry. 
is hungrier than he's been years, and that's why I'm shaking. Because right now, the only thing standing between you and the rider is me. And he's just... He's, uh, he's scraping at the door. Scraping at the door. All right, <laughs> 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 if you don't tell me what I want to know, I'm going to let him out. <sighs> and when he's done with you, there won't be anything left. Do you understand? Do you understand? Shake your head yes or no. Good, good girl. Let's carry him. What the kid? The kid can't eat it. You will tell me I would eat just thinking so. The party. The Lord God's poor man is putting together a goddamn army. I know the place. You're not going to mention this conversation to anyone, are you? No. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. All right, that was a good answer. Yeah. <laughs> I could hear that you couldn't hold yourself back there. God damn. <laughs> when, he, when, when he went to, like, the high-pitched scream, he's like, he's like ah! I'm like, oh, my gosh. So he was trying this to do his, his best Mrs. Doubtfire at that point. <laughs> I don't know what he was doing. It's like he, I think they were like, "Hey, can we get a classic just Nick Cage freakout scene?" He's like, "I can work it in. Yeah. Let's see what we can do." I think I can do it here. He wants yeah. to come out, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I'm almost crying. I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> so this also has some of the worst effects as he's like slowly turning into the, the writer as well. Where his eyes like sinking in, but not like completely the whole face. And, mm. and while he's doing these, and it makes it even funnier. Well, I, I have a question. Sure. Didn't didn't it get defined earlier in the movie that he doesn't control when he turns into the rider and he turns into ghost rider anytime he's in the presence of even the littlest of white lies? It, it is that he can't control it fully, and that uh the Ryder can come out of him like he can control it a little bit, but he can't. Like if something's really evil, it comes out. So but, it should have it should have been coming out all the time. Like he should just always just be like it's like a no reason boner. He should just occur. Yeah, exactly. He should just be coming out all over this guy. <laughs> That's what. You- <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no reason why he should even be holding this back, but he did try to explain to Nadia that once it comes out, because she's done some like really terrible things, that uh, he's going to come out all over her, too. So this isn't an, an allegory for a giant phallic symbol? No, no, not at all. Not at all. Oh, no. okay. It just comes out all over her whenever he wants. Exactly. Because, you know, that's the way this movie works. You you can't you can't reason with it. You just have to accept it. You just have to lay down and accept it. When you take a good hard long look at it, I mean, I have to agree. <laughs> yeah, at first it might not feel good, but as soon as you accept it, then it's just ghostwriter. That's right, and then maybe one day you're going to be the angel of virtue as well. Oh, okay. Yeah, it makes, it makes total sense. Can we start the episode all over again? Because I have a new understanding of what this movie's about. <laughs> no, we're continuing on from here, damn it. <laughs> so from here, we go over and we see that Kerrigan, he is now 
summoned like his arms dealer friends and they're all talking about getting weapons for the upcoming scene. FGM-148, Javelin, lock on, fire, and forget. American bunker buster. Two-stage detonation. The first creates a super vacuum. It sucks the oxygen from the air. The next... I know what it does. Give me four of them, with extra heads. How many men you go up against? Just one. And that one is riding in there right now on his motorcycle and probably one of the worst transformation scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Where he's like screaming straight forward at the bike, giving his best hammed up Nicolas Cage like yells he possibly could. So then along from there, we go back over to the, the camp and we see that they're preparing for Ghost Rider to show up in possibly one of the best scenes that happens in the whole movie. At least for one part of the scene. Uh, in the back, Nadia, somehow she is able to bypass every single like guard that's in the whole fucking place there and is able to get to Danny and basically freeze him. But then all of a sudden, like, because she tries to get him to stand up, he screams and that brings over one of the guards. It only brings the one guy that survived the crash. And she pulls out a knife, tries to go and stab him, uh, but he's able to grab Like She throws it at him, and then he gets all smiling because, ha, 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 I dodged a knife. But he's never played knifey shooty before. And so she pulls out her gun and shoots and kills him. And then manages to get away. And now, What's the, what's what's the, the point of doing that? Why doesn't she just shoot him? <laughs> For dramatic purposes? <laughs> I don't know. Next time I get mugged, I'm going to like pull out like a ninja star and be like, hey, guys, check this magic trick out. And then I'm going to throw it and then be like, bang. She's been watching too much Raiders of Lost Ark. That's exactly what it is. She's just going to take out her knife, throw it, and then just shoot. (laughs) So now begins what I want to hear your guys' opinions. And, And this is probably my favorite action set piece of the film, just because it's really ridiculous. So who would like to start? Kyle, lay it down. So what? Where are we at? Sorry. Oh, <laughs> which 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 part? So now we're at the big action sequence where he uses the giant whatever it's called uh, to mow down. It's called a Bagger 288, which is the heaviest land vehicle in the world from 1978 to 1995, uh, where he turns it into a giant like fiery wheel of death. Oh yeah. Okay. No, I'm sorry. I didn't know which part you were talking about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that that fiery wheel of death that you're uh, explaining that thing looks really cool. First off that, I mean, is that at least half the budget you think? I think that's Maybe a ma- more? majority of the budget here. I think that, uh, because ghost rider, even though like he looks a little different, he still looks really good. Like he, they managed to fit him into the scenes that he's in. He doesn't seem like he's used as much, but this was like the big, like we have to do this set piece. And this is where most of the money went to. Um, and before, though, he actually takes it up, I do want to address the one thing that JD had said earlier about the grenades, because they do use one of the javelin rockets on Ghost Rider and manage to hit him and blow blow up the bike, but it doesn't do any damage. So what the fuck? <laughs> like, I, I was surprised that that grenade, they need to buy more of whatever those grenades were, because those would seem to be the only thing that could actually do anything. And he takes a couple of these rockets almost head on. Yeah, it works for the story when they need it to work for the story. 
Oh, I should have learned that lesson a while ago, shouldn't I? I'm the one that taught you that one <laughs> for this movie. So, what are your opinions on the giant wheel of death, JD? Uh, I mean, I, I think we can guess what my opinions are going to be. It just is so... It looks badass. And I just wish I understood the mechanics of what hurts him and what doesn't hurt him. And I wish that I could have some respect for the way that they wrote this scene or, you know, the scenes leading up to this. And it's just, let's appreciate it for what it is. And it's a badass scene. It's kind of neat that they did it in a way, like the way that a couple of things that looked, looked like he had like the back of his bike and it the way that the wheel was turning kind of like he was like speeding over fools. Like if you're doing those like uh, dirt tricks that uh, that some bikers do when they they first take off, uh, and they do explain uh, in a little while, you know, how he was able to actually do that as well, which I thought was at least somewhat interesting. But I didn't know that it was actually an ability of the Ghost Rider. So he, you know, there's a couple of really bad puns that he uses in here. There's one when he gets hit by one of the rockets, and Kerrigan says, "Oh, looks like that hurts." And then he comes back and beats the crap out of Kerrigan and says the same thing back to him. Um, they manage to all escape. Uh, and then the Ghost Rider catches up with them. But he does grab Nadia and he starts to basically swallow her soul and use the whatever they call it. It's like the um, it's like a vengeance stare or something like he's a fucking demon care bear or something like that. Penis. Oh, there you go. The penance stare. That's right. So he's he's the death care bear. Um <laughs> So I like that's a good one. That's a good one. That's a T-shirt for you. That's put that in your pile. Oh, that gets to be a T-shirt for me. Oh, that'll be the first oh, yeah. T-shirt. <laughs> so he he grabs her. He starts using the pen and stare on her, and uh, Danny comes by and basically snuffs him out, like completely gets rid of the Ghost Rider. So he turns back into Johnny, uh, and then they all speed off, and then we end up at like what would be, I guess, a European or Romanian diner. Like, it was really weird. It felt like it was like some random diner in the U.S., but you just have to be in the middle of Eastern Europe. Um, so from there, they discuss on what the plan's going to be next. So what's next? Uh, well, Morose seems to think that the days will pass in a few days, and if we could just get Danny someplace safe, a holy place, where people can protect us and we can ride it out, and that's where we're headed. Okay. I've already contacted Moreau. He's going to catch up with us on the road. <laughs> we got to move fast, because the ones who are hunting us, they're not done. Plus, I have some personal issues I kind of like to get fixed. Okay, so he's drinking a giant jug of water, and I don't know the <laughs> significance of that. I, I love the way that he's like, Moreau's going to catch up with us. On the road. And then it's such a long pause. And he's like, hold on. Let me grab this giant pitcher of water. Just starts downing it. It It's pretty impressive. I got to say, I mean, this they definitely didn't CGI the water. No. And he's, he's able to all in. He, they're probably doing like a super troopers type thing with the syrup where it's just, well, of course, this is just water. <laughs> <laughs> One, two, three. Chug it. <laughs> Love that I, movie. I was very, like, again, this is one of those scenes where it's kind of like, okay, well, yeah, there's the exposition to get you on to the next scene to say what you're going to do. But, again, it just kind of feels like padding to the movie in general. 
from here we go back and we see that uh, Rourke, Droop, Mr. Droopy Face, uh, has caught up on this, the chaos of the scene that's happened with Ghost Rider and Kerrigan and his uh, you know fellow henchmen. And he sees Kerrigan basically crushed under a rock and then turns him into blackout. It's not a very exciting scene that we have here, and um, it's kind of an awkward scene at the same time, like as his transformation into blackout. What'd you guys say? Uh, it's a little, it's a little strange for sure. Where uh, old droopy face is just like, hey, well, guess what? You're gonna go underneath this rock, and you're gonna come out with long blonde hair, and you're gonna be totally fine. So here you go. And then he just lifts the rock right off of him. Yeah, he and, does that whole like, like and lifts it like it's like nothing. But you see his face too also change. Like that's where he gets like the bloodshot eye and like the other, yeah, like he's having a stroke. Yeah, it is very Jr. <laughs> <laughs> I so thought gonna, he killed him. <laughs> well, we're gonna wake up soon, and it's all gonna be a dream, just in Johnny Blaze's head. <laughs> I will say though that um, God, what's his name? The the actor uh, Kerrigan. I, I I I will say I think Kerrigan looks pretty cool, and like the makeup and stuff that he has, I, his look is pretty neat. I'll give him that. Like I, I think it, that that part looked good. Yeah, I would definitely say that that he looks a little better than what I expected him to be. I I know that the character of Blackout, like he kind of file down his nails and his teeth um, to be more, like, vampire-like. Uh, but here, it's kind of, like, interesting that he... But he does kind of look like one of those Matrix twins at the same time with the dreads. Yep. Nice. And so, we see him. He's now being sent on his new mission. Well, his same mission to go pick up Danny. And then we catch up with Danny and uh, Johnny Blaze and Nadia on the road. And that's where they explain, well, Danny has a very important question, and he needs answered by Johnny Blaze. Machine, last night? Yeah. You made a change. That's how it works. Whatever he rides changes with him. And what if he took a taxi? Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. Or a roller coaster, or a ski lift, or a camel, or a... Yeah. Hey, what if he has to pee while you're on fire? Oh, it's awesome. It's like a flamethrower. You know, it's like... <laughs> when you change, when you're him, does it feel good? Sometimes. What does it mean? Are we just bad? No. This power that we have comes from a dark place, but it's not who we are. Never will be. And we can use it to do good, to help people. Like I'm helping you and your mom. I know why you're helping us. She says you want to get rid of it. I can't ever do that. So, would one of you like to have flamethrower pee? Nope. Danny seems to think it's really fucking cool. <laughs> that isn't just... that one of the? That's like one of the symptoms of like chlamydia, isn't it? 
Yeah. <laughs> so he's. Got, I had that like, in college. It's not that cool. Oh, so you had flaming well, pee in college? Well, it burned. Oh, okay. So it wasn't demon pee. No, we used to call him Kyle the Claptrap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he could have had his own Mario character. <laughs> so the the whole thing here, we have this like. One, it is very windy. Like, either they're actually doing this, like, while they're driving on an open road, or they just decided to put this giant wind tunnel, like, because everything in the background, and there's a lot of, like, I took out a lot of the wind that was in there, because there would be, like, he'd say something, and then it'd be, like, a five-second pause of nothing but wind, and then it would go back into one of them talking for, like, a second, and then another five-second pause of wind. Like, the way that they, like, stretch out the dialogue in this movie d- fucking drives me insane. I think that's the best part. <laughs> the awful dialogue, is it not? <laughs> it depends on what it is, though. Like, when you have a scene like this where, like, you're trying to, like, oh, they're, like, bonding. They're being, like, father and son or some shit. This is the Satan that uh, Danny never had before, except for it's not Satan and it's uh, Johnny Blaze who shared his bare ass on a jump. <laughs> His flamethrower pee, yeah. And his flamethrower pee. Like, we're bonding over peeing flame. So this is how yeah. you avoid crabs, my son. <laughs> but you're still going to get the flame <laughs> pee. I, I like the part where... Um, God, I'm terrible with these names. Where uh, Moreau pulls up on the bike and Nicholas oh. Cage, Johnny Blaze is on the back and just waves at him. He's like, ooh, he... That part oh. made me laugh a little bit. I was just like, that's so awkward. You, and you know that was like an ad lib by Nicolas Cage. Oh, yeah. And, and that whole sequence that happens where he's like, hey, let's let's get on the bike and I'm going to show you uh, how to how to pop a wheelie and stuff. And I'm going to have you on the front without a helmet on. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why is this in here? Why are we doing bike tricks? Like, other than we need to pad this movie for another fucking 15 minutes or something. Gotta make sure we remember he's a stuntman. Oh, that's right. What's the other stunt? Uh, where's the stunt where he does the evil Knievel and he breaks his body into, like, 30 pieces? <laughs> <laughs> Gotta teach that kid that there are consequences to being the son of the devil. Yep. So, from here, we also get a scene with Kerrigan that... Okay, it's a little cliched, but I thought it was kind of funny where he's trying to eat all the different types of food and it keeps disintegrating because he's basically plague incarnate. Um, and he, of course, grabs the Twinkie and the Twinkie's the only thing that survives and that he's able to eat. It's kind of dumb, but it's it's at least somewhat entertaining I, for the film. It's legit, though. I mean, if you go back to Zombieland, it's the only thing that survives. That's true. That's true. That's if anything that uh, Jesse Eisenberg and Woody Harrelson have ever taught me is that Twinkies are, uh, you know, they'll survive a zombie apocalypse, and now they will survive pestilence when the world comes to an end. I'm more of a cupcake guy. <laughs> what are those like pink cupcakes with the frosting, or the nope, orange? Cupcakes? I like I like the the chocolate ones with the little white swirl on the top. Oh, I was always an orange man myself. Orange, okay. JD, can I guess honey bun? Damage, JD. I was on mute. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was. A, I was a big fan of the snowballs. You we're talking like about balls. Hey, I knew you were going to go that way. I should have just stuck with the buns. <laughs> the honey buns or the hot cross buns? <laughs> we'll go with honey. <laughs> hot cross buns. 
So we follow our, our intrepid heroes over to where the monks is, uh, or are, I should say, and we run into a very uh, surprising yet familiar face amongst the monks. And that's the Highlander himself, and I totally forgot that he was in this movie. Were you guys surprised that Christopher Lambert was in this? JD, I'm not a big Highlander fan, so I did not make this connection. Oh, he's also played Raiden, you asshole. Yeah, that's right. He was in Mortal Kombat. Maybe I should have made that reference. Oh, no, I, I've gosh. got a, I've nice. got a replica of the Highlander sword right behind me right now. I'm looking at it. I'm waving hello, and I was definitely excited to see him. I was very surprised. Like, but he was acting like himself. He was acting more like Raiden than anybody else. God of Thunder, Lightning, God of something. And, and a, I, I don't know if it's a worse French accent than what Idris Elba has, or he's trying to not have a French accent in Romania. But of course, that's all of Christopher Lambert's acting. Like it's he, he can't stop being French. So they leave the kid with uh, the Highlander, and uh, Moreau and Johnny Blaze go into the caverns uh, or catacombs inside of this monastery, this monk place. And they talk about, one, the wine. Of course, he's French, so he's got to have all the old-ass wine. And I thought he's like a priest or something, but yet he's stealing wine from them and just drinking it. Uh, and then, you know, before exercising the demons, Johnny wants to know exactly what the writer is. Oh, yeah. What is it? It's this thing inside of me. I'd like to know before we uh, commence. <clears throat> Zarados was an angel, a spirit of justice. Sent to protect the world of men, but he was tricked, captured, brought down to hell. Corrupted is how that was supposed to end. Uh, so basically they kind of clockworked orange, the, the spirit of justice. Cause they can, showed, can him- I just jump in on and say sure. real quick that I feel like this is like a, an acting school lesson of who can say the lions, the slowest between <laughs> Nicholas cage and Idris Elba. And, and they're, they're masters at it. I mean, they only said about 12 words, but it took like 70 seconds to get it all out. <laughs> I <laughs> And that's so it's so funny to listen to. <laughs> with with, with every way the, that I have all the audio too, I went back and took out the long ass pauses. Like they both <laughs> are doing the long fucking pauses in everything that they do. I don't want to play a two minute clip for you guys that I've cut down to thirty seconds. But that's the way a lot of these scenes fucking work in this movie. And it drives me I fucking like, batty. I feel like Idris Elba he hadn't quite hit it at that point. He wasn't getting big roles yet. So I feel like he got on set and kind of picked up on how Nicolas Cage does it. So he just mimicked it. <laughs> it just it just ends up being them with these long pauses just going back and forth. I'm not mad at it. I just it it makes me laugh. It kind of kills the seriousness of the movie. It's not supposed to be a comedy. Oh, I'm pretty sure it was a comedy the moment that Nicolas Cage signed on to do the role. <laughs> Hard to argue that. <laughs> So, from here, uh, we learn a little more, or he wants to know a little more of exactly what the angel inside is, and then what he has to do 
to actually get rid of it. His mission to protect the innocent was perverted into a lust to punish the guilty. He became the spirit of vengeance. Yeah, but, but the angel, the spirit of justice, he's alive in there? Somewhere? He could be. Do you feel him? Yeah. Huh? Cheer up, my men. Soon, you'll be free. Okay, first, before I go into the next little clip, what the hell did he say? Vagusons? I, I missed exactly what, what he said. He, he's trying to do the like a, like a French accent for vengeance, but he's like, vengeance. <laughs> it's... It's absolutely terrible. Like, I get it. You're trying to, like, do, like, a foreigner. You're British. So you you know right. how to say the word vengeance, okay? And now you're trying to mimic a Frenchman trying to speak English. And it's just coming out wrong. And then Nicholas Gage is like, you got to pause a little bit more in there. All right? <laughs> you know what? What if you put Nicholas Cage, Keanu Reeves, and Idris Elba in this movie all together in one film? You think that the world would blow up? Wow. That'd be great. I'd, I'd want to see that. <laughs> oh, then we need to get Owen Wilson to somehow be the comedic relief for it. <laughs> Sign me up. I don't, I mean, it'd probably be direct to Netflix or Amazon Prime, but I, I'd watch it. <laughs> well, it'd probably be on Netflix because they pick up all the crap. Right. So now he explains to him exactly what he must do to get the demon out of his body. Thing that work is done to you is not easily undone. You risk death. Worse than death. You must confess the one thing that is most difficult for you to talk about. Um, my dad. What did I do for him? made the deal for me. I couldn't let him go. He was selfish. He was ready to die. You knew it was his time. And I thought I could change that. I'm sorry. Okay, this is Nicolas Cage trying to be emotional and it still isn't quite working out. Like, I get it. Like, we have... Th there has to be some connection. And the real reason that he signed it was so that his dad wouldn't die. Not because his dad didn't want to die. It's because he was being, you know... He just didn't want to lose his parent. But it's still difficult to take it serious. So, from here, he gets the uh, body of Christ through... A piece of bread, a really stale piece of bread, supposedly. And then he goes into the room and does his, like, trip-out uh, exorcism that happens, where he gets a lot of the other the yelling and all the other little things that are going on. Um, you guys have any thoughts on this scene? Where he does the, uh, the yelling fits on the floor? Yeah, where you have the exorcism light show. Yeah. I needed lasers right. and, like... It's, uh, cla it's classic cage. Yeah. Yeah, we, here's what we want you to do, Nick. Uh, lay on the floor and uh, just spaz on. He's like, I totally got this. 
And yeah, it's it's hilarious watching him roll around on the floor doing his thing. <laughs> it's just easy enough just to tell him to go ahead and just, you know, pr- pretend that you're you rolling around on the floor. I think I can <laughs> do this. I love that direction. Pretend you're you and roll around on the floor. <laughs> well, you know, that's what I'm trying to do with my feature film. I'm just trying to get people that can pretend to be themselves. Yeah, that's That made Vince Vaughn a star. That's that's true. <laughs> do you have about what do you have against Vince Vaughn, JD? Nothing, but I I read an article one time that his acting experience involves pretend that you're you and do this. Hmm. Nice. I Is, always feel like you're a, you you hate on Vince Vaughn. I'm I'm a Vince Vaughn guy. Uh, I like Vince Vaughn more than I like Will Ferrell. Okay. Well. You know, if you've seen Vince Vaughn's Psycho, I can kind of understand where the hate might start from. <laughs> <laughs> and if he was really acting like he was him, oh, oh boy. <laughs> so he finishes his exorcism and he is now free of the rider. And he's very excited, except for he finds out exactly what they're going to do with Danny, which uh, maybe he should have kept around the rider to do or to help. It worked. Hey! What are you doing? Let me go! What are you doing? What will be done? The day of prophecy is tomorrow. We're going to hold the boy until the danger passes. The danger will not pass, Morrow. As long as the boy exists, the power will always be inside him. Lie to me. Lie to me! This child must be destroyed. No! You might have protested while the child was being conceived. Now, it is too late. So they're basically going to kill Danny because they believe there's no other way to save his soul. And uh, again there, it really does sound like he's channeling his inner Raiden during this scene. I'm just waiting for him to pull like a Shang Tsung and say, you know, your soul is mine or some shit while he's talking to them. Finish him. (laughs) (laughs) You must go to Outworld and you must defeat Shang Tsung in Mortal Kombat. I mean, we must kill Danny. Wrong fucking movie. Are you Chinese? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Is Christopher Lambert trying to imitate Chinese people? (laughs) Oh, man. It's just... I I see why he's only getting bit roles nowadays rather than getting full-length films. Uh, And this was in 2012 that he was doing this. So... So they basically hold them up, and then they they start with the like the weird I don't know sacrificial circle, which is odd for monks to be doing. I, I don't really see like sacrifices like this or like killing circles when I think of like the highly religious. But fuck, what do I know? Uh, and then all of a sudden, blackout shows up, and you get that like kind of gross, kind of cool scene where he's like slowly decaying everybody, and especially when he gets Christopher Lambert, and you get to see like his face all bubble up. 
Uh, and I think that's where some of their budget went to, too, was making that makeup look relatively good. That legit did look pretty good. Got to give a little credit here. Definitely. I like the, the other scene I like is the way that Idris Elba goes out. Uh, spoiling that before we get to the scene, but like the the plague stuff that they did all looked pretty good. Even when they first showed how he got the powers and he grabbed that piece of wood and it slowly disintegrated, uh, like the end of it didn't look so good because it looked kind of, you know, forced in there. But what they did with the monks, and it's really weird that even after they've killed the monks, they're still there and they're like growing moss and mushrooms on top of them already. The monks freaked me out a little bit i'm not gonna lie i've only seen monks one time in my life so i don't i don't trust them you're just thinking of that time you watched the movie anger management with john c Riley. Mm. yeah wait wait so what happened this one time that you saw monks before that's freaked you out they were at the zoo and um walking around with their little sandals on and <laughs> and one of them uh Asked me a question, and I was just like, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm totally weirded out by this guy. He's like, where is the penguin exhibit? So, I thought he was going to kill me. I'm not going to lie. Are you Chinese now? <laughs> I had no response to that. That might be. The guy just was the, Chinese, though. I'm just sure. the worst direction we decided to go in tonight. <laughs> hey, it's the perfect direction that we decided to go into tonight. Uh... <laughs> For for this podcast, just don't let me break up my terrible Japanese guy. Um, so basically, the, he, he runs away with the boy. He's kidnapped Danny, and we've got the um, you know the intrepid trio here. They've all somehow escaped. See, I don't know what exactly they were doing this whole time. Like, were they like locked up? Were they tied up? Were they just being watched by somebody? Nobody fucking knows. Uh, but they just managed to show up. Uh, after everything's gone down, after everybody's died, and now they explain what they're going to do and how they're going to go save Danny. Did Danny do this? No. Somebody got here before they could... Before they could kill him. There's no sign of him. Whoever did this wanted him alive. Well, I think we all have a pretty good idea who that would be, Moreau. Yeah, so now he's with Rourke. Some protectors you turned out to be. What exactly does Rourke have in mind for Dan? I mean, what are his his plans for his son? Is he putting money away for college? What? It is a day of prophecy. As was the day Danny was conceived. The child must be in his 13th year before the rite can be performed on the dawn of a new winter. The rite. Rourke fathered the boy as a vessel, as a container for his power. The ritual will transform his essence, his soul, into the boy. There will be no more Danny. Tony Rock. No. Why the hell didn't you tell us this, Moreau? Hey, you were the one that made a deal with Rock. Both of you. Something I would never do. All right, the prophecy. You said it had to happen at the dawn of a new day. Well, that's good. Maybe there's still time. Do you know where Rourke has him? I think so, yes. Well, why, so now you want to play hero? You got what you wanted. Yes, I did. Thank you for holding up your end of the bargain. You're welcome. If I could spend the last day of my life as a free man without a curse from hell hanging over my head, yeah, I'll take that. But I promised Danny he'd be safe. And if I walk away now, I'm just trading one demon for another. So let's go. So from here we go off and we see that Danny has arrived with Rourke. 
And we get the big thing of him asking what the hell's wrong with his face. And he's droopy. So <laughs> that's what's going on with him. Um, <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of back and forth between everybody. Uh, then we go back over and we see uh, that Moreau has taken them downstairs to where there's, uh, you know, a lots of guns and wine. Uh, in the bottom of the basement of the monks. Again, why the monks have a ton of guns, I will never fucking understand. But I can kind of understand the wine because, you know, you've got Christopher Lambert as your leader and he's covered in fucking tattoos. So why not have a <laughs> bunch of wine? Uh, we cut back over to Danny and the devil. And that's where the devil explains to Danny exactly why he needs him. You wanted to know why I look this way? Think of the, the flamethrower. Flamethrower made out of paper mache. All that power. Try to use it, you burn up. This body I'm living in, it's weak. Human. It's dying. It was never made to do the things that I can do. But you. You're only part human. You have all the power that I have inside of you. Like father, like son. But this corporeal form can wield the power without burning itself up. So the devil essentially just fucked himself a new body. He <laughs> went and made the deal so that he could have a son, so that he could take over. Uh, and then he manages to knock him out by inserting a syringe with him, which I think should have been done way, way earlier in the film. Totally. Like, I, I, I love the part here where he talks about the flamethrower and the kid starts laughing. It's because Ghost Rider's pissing. Mm -hmm. And that's what his flamethrower is. And he's like, what are you laughing at? <laughs> oh, you think it's you funny? Got, <laughs> and then you got Rourke, who's just doing his best Robert De Niro face that he can do. Just droopy as can be. Well, he's, and, he's trying to do his best stroke victim face is what he's trying to do. <laughs> Because he's, he like, it kind of did that in like, when he turned, you know, uh, Kerrigan into Blackout, it kind of drooped down, but here it's a little taut, so he's got to like try to make it droop and just talk like this, you know, <laughs> like what the hell's going on? It's, it's funny to listen to him talk. So this brings you to the next... I don't want to want to call you. It's like the next set of action pieces that go on. So they go in and uh, they arrive at the place that he's going to have the ritual at. Now, for it being Satan and the fact that he's going to be getting a brand new body, you would think that he'd have a lot more followers at this place. Like he would have filled that stadium up. But there's like just like four <laughs> rows of people. Like it's like four sections, four rows, and that's it. I mean, it looked like a Cleveland Browns game from two years ago. <laughs> I mean, it, it's brutal. Well, it kind of looks like an like, Oakland I'm, Raiders I'm glad game you now. Brought that up because I was watching. Yeah, the Raiders since <laughs> since they're leaving Oakland, everybody's just diving away from them, huh? Oh. Yeah. Well, I guess some people would say you could say the same about a 49ers game, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about other things instead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, 
I was so surprised. I'm like, did they, they got a ton of extras to be in the Euro trash bar. They couldn't get enough extras to fill this place up to make it look impressive. Like, this is Satan that we're talking about. And he's getting a brand new body and there's like nobody there. And nobody has weapons. What if the director showed up that day and he's like, where's all the extras? They're like, no, this is all we got. He's like, what the fuck? How am I going to shoot this? <laughs> okay, extras, just be like you. We're, we're burning light. Now spread out about eight inches. Yes, make this look a little wider. It's because they didn't have the budget to like duplicate them in the editing process either. Like, look, we have to use all this budget on this goddamn wheel of fucking fire, and we need you guys to look big, and nobody fucking showed up. I love it. Oh, I wonder how many Romania bucks they had to spend to get that many people, too. Four? Not much. <laughs> Uh, it was uh, four bucks is not enough. <laughs> <laughs> so you go through the ritual here. Uh, Moreau says his goodbyes to Blaze by sharing the 3,000-year-old wine, which John Cage says that, oh, that would make a nice dressing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> You're just calling the monks 3,000-year-old 3, 3, wine shit. Like, oh, that would make a nice red vinaigrette or some shit like that. That's got to be an ad lib. <laughs> that has to be. Uh, and so he goes out, like, basically into the crowd and starts shooting all the people that are there watching the ceremony. And that's where he gets attacked by Blackout. And you get the awesome death scene for Moreau, whereas he's slowly decaying. He headbutts himself into, like, well, into death, basically. <laughs> into pieces. And I, I like the way that scene looked. I thought you were getting ready to play a clip. My nope. bad. I've got no clips for this scene because everything okay. is like super short <laughs> and it sucks. Yeah, no, I, I just thought you were getting ready to hit play, so I didn't, I didn't say anything. And then you're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, the, uh, the destiny for Moreau is pretty awesome. I don't, JD, I don't know what you thought about it, but um, yeah, I, I, he goes out in style. You got to give him some credit. No, I'm right with you. I mean, it definitely has that excitement to it. Yeah, he knows that he's going to go, and he the one last thing he can do, maybe to do some damage, is to bust his head open over the other guy. And he manages to get some of him inside of uh, Blackout's mouth, because you see him spitting a little bit. And then you get, uh, you know, Johnny Blaze is running to get Danny. He gets stopped by Blackout. And now, I don't know if it's a continuation thing that they've got going on, but he grabs him. And one, he's not, like, disintegrating right away. Like, he grabbed Moreau right away and didn't seem like he grabbed him by any flesh and he was already starting to decay. But he does do, like, the, uh, you know, wrestling, like, I'm going to cut you on the forehead type of thing, uh, where you see the decay go across his forehead, but then in the next scene, it's totally gone. Oh, yeah. He went with the Ric Flair blade job. <laughs> the really shitty blade job that's just a packet of blood that's in there and it just slowly wipes away because the sweat gets rid of it. <laughs> so... <laughs> So while while he's holding him down, we see Danny jump from the stage and start walking towards him. And they all think that, oh, it's going to be like father, like son. And he's going to do him in because maybe he's, you know, they've started the transformation and they didn't get to quite finish it. But maybe there's something there. And that's where you get the fake out. And he realizes like, what, you're, I've got the same powers as you, which means that I can give him back the, the ghost ride, the spirit of vengeance. And he does that by jumping on him and barfing flames right into his face. And now that's a hell of a gag reflex right there. Yeah, I want that on my tombstone. 
<laughs> you want that on your tombstone? Barfed he barfed up flame? flames into my existence. <laughs> I was surprised that he was able to barf that much fire. Like, it was, you know... Was he trying to, like, practice backstage? Like, first he was seeing maybe if he wanted to pee Ghost Rider back into him. He's like, oh, that's not going to do it fast enough because I really haven't had enough to drink. So, might as well, like, force myself to throw up. I didn't even see him stick a finger down his throat. Somebody's never had jalapenos and tequila before. (laughs) No, I've only had jalapeno. Well, I've only had hot peppers and vodka before. Mm, That's good stuff. It comes from Romania. (laughs) There you go. There's there we go. A, there's there's the, a Romania tie-in. <laughs> there we go. Uh, <laughs> so that, of course, causes Satan to grab Danny and run. Uh, and then we get the big chase scene. Now, again, this is one of those things where they could have just done away with him. Like, you you killed Morosa fast. Why didn't you just try to kill him instead of like, oh, I'm going to make you watch him turn him into the devil. And that's what kind of fucked everything up. And so how the devil got, you know, was able to drive because you've seen him like, being taken everywhere, so we don't know if he's taken driving lessons before or if he knows how to do anything, but of course he runs off with them, and they run off. Uh, he chases them as the Ghost Rider, because now he's back. Uh, and then there's the long car chase uh, between everybody. Um, there is a, a fight on top of the car that's pretty entertaining, I would say, between Blackout and Ghost Rider. It's, a uh, you know, they kind of do, like, wrestling moves everywhere. It's kind of like watching the end of Blade 2. Where they're just throwing everybody around. I was just like, oh, oh man, this is where I need Jim Ross here uh, and to tell me that it's a slobber knocker and to tell (laughs) me that, you know, he's coming off the top. (laughs) And then Jerry the King's like, puppies! (laughs) Out of nowhere. Where's Nadia at? Nadia's in the car driving the car. Okay, that's the other thing that got me here is that. She was like the sniper in the back and she was like helping things out and that was great. But he totally ran off and she's able, she's like right there behind them with like, you don't even see her leave. All you see is Ghost Rider fly off and he's much faster than she is, but she magically is right behind them. And all of the fighting happens on top of the truck that she's stolen. Yep. And yeah. If, I'll say if you were oh, Ghost Rider right there, you know, he probably would have used the pen and stare on her because, look, you stole the car to come after us. Yep. There's a, there's a really cool scene that I like where um, she's driving the car and he jumps up on uh, Blackout, jumps up there, and he uses his finger to, like, break the glass a little bit. Oh, yeah, that and is. And goes straight through it. That I thought that was pretty badass, actually. That's a pretty cool scene. So he, like, totally decays the window so that he can get inside and get out yeah. of her. And that's when yep. Ghost Rider jumps onto the car, right? Or at least yep. hits him with the chain. Yep. And then they get it, they get into the flatbed, and then they start, uh, yeah, they start fighting. Well, you see, he grabs the chain too, and the chain like kind of disintegrates, but doesn't really, like, mm-hmm. to show that he's on par with him, I guess. But yet, when Ghost, like, um, not Ghost Rider, but Blackout is holding Ghost Rider like over on the side of the car, and then you see his flames are slowly but surely going out until he gets, the, I guess, the power to come back and. Uh, finish Blackout off. Uh, and then, of course, after he gets run over by the car, he calls him Roadkill. <laughs> yeah, hits him with a rock bottom, and then, yeah, calls him Roadkill. <laughs> well, I was waiting for that people's elbow, but uh, rock bottom will do. <laughs> and so from there, he catches up, they catch up with, uh, you know, 
Rourke or Satan or whatever you want to fucking call him. Uh, and he pulls out the muffler from the car, which I guess causes the car to like veer off the road. Like, I guess if that's the way you want to do it and that's the way that you want to get rid of a car, you pull out the muffler and it'll stop it completely. So pulls it out. And then he gets over to Satan uh, and he has one last conversation with them. And that's when Ghost Rider sends him back to hell. And we have no more Satan, I guess, in the world. Uh, he's now comp- always down in hell, unless they were going to make that uh, third film, but at last they never have. Uh, then Nadia runs up, and she sees Ghost Rider, and then Ghost Rider gets that, oh shit, I killed the kid face, didn't I? Because <laughs> like they, they totally crashed the car, it's sitting upside down, and all he does is go after Satan, but he doesn't even bother to check if Danny's okay. <laughs> That's a good pickup. I, I didn't notice that watching it through that he just totally neglects the kid, who was the whole reason why he was going after this speed chase anyway. He's like, I promised him he'd be safe. Well, fuck him. <laughs> well, yeah, because she runs over and she's like, Danny, and, he, and then they pan up to his face. It's like, oh, shit, what did I do? <laughs> and the kid is... I guess he's dead because he's not moving. She's crying. Nicholas Cage has turned back into Ghost Rider or back into Johnny Blaze, I should say. And uh, unless, of course, uh, that he didn't and he's able to save Danny. The angel. Moreau said the writer was an angel that went crazy. <laughs> I can feel it. The angel. I can feel him. <laughs> so, would you say he was touched by an angel then? <laughs> Show me where the angel touched you. <laughs> well, she seems to be very like worried about the fact that he's like now got his blow, uh, glowing blue uh, hand there, and he's going to touch him with the angel powers. So maybe that's what she's worried about at the same time. How else do you revive a dead kid? I don't have a lot of experience there. I don't know. <laughs> you don't have a glowing blue skeleton hand that uh, you no. shove, shove up a kid to make sure that they're alive? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to test his temperature real fast. It's an, it, This is when you know the movie's bad, when it ends like this. And you're like, well, what's going to happen now? What's with the blue hand? And then the credits roll, and you're just like, fuck, well, Nicolas Cage? You you do get him going over there and touching with his hand, and that does bring Danny back to life, and we get the last words of the movie and the end theme. Did we win? I'm going to say yes. Hell yes. My name is Johnny Blaze. I'm the Ghost Rider.
And so that was Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Uh, it is hilarious the way that he ends it, uh, of course, with the, I'm going to say yes. Hell yes. Like, Hell yes. Hell yes. <laughs> it was almost like Bill and Ted-esque the way that he ended that line. It was excellent. And then he's got to remind everybody that I'm the Ghost Rider. <laughs> And then he's right back to his other voice. <laughs> I'm Nick Cage. Now I'm the Ghost Rider. Oh, man. Hell so, yeah. <laughs> so what is your guys' opinion, especially, J.D., this is your very first time watching this film, uh, just the overall opinion of the movie? You know what? It is what it is. Nick Cage is like, he's like a leaf that you put into a cup of hot water. He spices and flavors your tea. <laughs> it just you just have to enjoy it for what it is. You don't have to like every tea, but it does bring flavor to the movie, and that's exactly what he did. It's a comic movie before the MCU. No, well, after, but you know, chronologically before the MCU really broke ground. Um, it I it just 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 do it. Just lay back, lay down, and enjoy it. It. It's fine. Now, if you have to compare... I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels right now. It's just, it was stupid as fuck, and he did an awful job in it, but I've seen worse. No, and, and that's... This is one of those films, like, that I would categorize that it's... For me, it's so bad, it's good. Like, I recognize that this is terrible. Like, everything about this movie is terrible. But there's some really good set pieces in it, and it's enjoyable to watch. Like, you can sit back, and you can just kind of laugh at everything that's going on. Yeah, I especially like the comparisons that you made to the movie Triple X earlier, because that's exactly what this feels like. Triple <laughs> X was another one of those movies where like, I got dragged to, and I was like, man, this movie is fucking stupid. But I was so into it the entire time that I was watching it. Why do you smoke so much? <laughs> it's better than breathing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kyle, what were your opinions on the film? You know, I couldn't put my finger on why I... The like just the look of the movie is very specific, and then I was doing some research while we were kind of going through things. And the guy that the guys that directed the movie, Mark Neveldine and Brian Taylor, were the same guys that directed Crank. And I'm like, that is why it looks so similar. It's the exact same film style that they used in the Crank series. So Definitely. that part stood out for me. Um, like you said, the set pieces, the the Wheel of Fire. Um, for I don't know why I'm calling it the Wheel of Fire, but uh, like is that the Johnny Cash song or Garth Brooks? <laughs> I thought um, that was just your burning ass. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, overall, will I watch this again? Never in my life. But no, I mean, the movie's not bad. Yeah, no, it's it's not it's not ultimately terrible. And you say Crank too. That's another one of those kind of like guilty pleasure style movies. I, I don't like to use yeah. that word so much, but. It's definitely like you know that it's terrible, but it's so inter- and and both cranks are really that way, and you can see it the way that they do it, especially with a lot of the stylized action in the mm-hmm. the way the camera moves, how it kind of it's jerky, but it's kind of a quick jerk, and that was used a lot during the crank scenes as well, especially during the chase scenes. You can definitely That's tell it's the said. same. <laughs> so 
We do a grading scale here on this podcast. We grade three things and then an ultimate grade all out of five. So the first one that I always do is the gore of the film. So that's anything that's disturbing, that looks kind of gory. And this is really a film that doesn't kind of lead itself that way. So what would you guys rate it out of five? I'm going to have to go two. I'm going to give it a three. Oh, why would you give it a three? Well, although the CGI did suck, we are staring at a guy with a flaming skull. Fair enough. Uh, I'm on Kyle's level. I think that it's at a two. Uh, I think that the scene with the monks uh, kind of gets it a little bit gross there. Um, And then there's a couple little things here or there. But it's not, like, overtly, like, in your face. Uh, Second is the crap factor. That's how shitty this movie actually is on a scale of one to five. Yeah, I'll, I'll, it's a five. Five. Tan. Fucking tan. No, it's a, it's a five, though. I'll, I'll give it a four. I've seen worse movies out there for sure, but this is definitely a four. Yeah, and I would give it a four as well. Uh, like Idris Elbow, you can tell this is kind of his earlier work because uh, his yeah. accent is terrible. Uh, and he's like, like you pointed out, they're trying to act who can act the slowest. Like in the last episode, uh, Dave and I were trying to figure out who did the worst acting between Michael Jai White and Martin Sheen in uh, Spawn. You know, here it's who's trying to act the slowest between Nicolas Cage and Idris Elba. So who who, who did he pick? I haven't listened to that one yet. Uh, well, that one comes out. Uh, well, we're doing this in the future. Of course, this episode's in the future, right. but it's before yours, so it's going to be out soon. Okay. Um, Tell me offline. <laughs> so why, I'm sorry, why was John, John Leguizamo not thrown into contention? Because he <laughs> actually was a little bit better than the other two. <laughs> I guess like, I haven't seen the movie in a while. <laughs> okay, well, when a little girl that is terrible can outact both you and uh, and Martin Sheen, uh, and John Leguizamo's as good as the girl, I don't put you in that contention. <laughs> Leguizamo's like, I survived Super Mario Brothers, I got this. <laughs> I got this, yeah, that's right. Um, so then the last one, of course, is the fun factor. Like, how much fun did you have watching the movie, and do you think that people would get out of it? I, this one's hard, because did I have fun? No. Did I laugh hysterically the entire time listening to Nicolas Cage and then watching it in the background on mute, just seeing his facial expressions? I'm going to have to go 3.5. Yeah, I'm going to mirror Kyle a little bit. I'm going to say a 3 because I feel like if you have a, a group of friends, you have a few drinks, maybe you turn it into a drinking game. There's a lot of redeemable factors to watching this that you will enjoy. It's not as bad as the ratings might have you you know, believe, or even the Razzies will have you, you know, bite into, but I'll give it a three. And then on this one, I'm going to give it a four because I like the ridiculous cage. I think that part makes it so entertaining for me. Uh, And the facial expressions that he gives, even during the stupid transformation scenes, um, and even coming down to even some of this, like, I actually like the guy that played Kerrigan slash Blackout, even though he was trying to do a Christian Slater type thing. But <laughs> once he be- became Blackout, I felt that, like, he had a lot more fun with the role. He actually looked like he was enjoying being that character, uh, and it was entertaining. I-, I could, Nadia, that actress, I could just throw into the pile of all these people that do these small bit roles as the, you know, yeah. either the heroine or the damsel in distress. Um and Idris Elba, I know that he can do better than this, uh, except for when he's a part of the Dark Tower. Um, yeah, I think this might actually be a better role than that. So um, then we do overall. This is your overall rating out of five. And usually I like to do five out of whatevers. 
so like an example for me, it would be four out of five uh, peeing flamethrowers. Okay. I'm going to go... Okay, so this is overall. It's not taking the bits and pieces. I'm going to stay in the middle. I'm going to go with a three on the uh, on the flamethrowers. I'm going to give it two flaming buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> so um, would you, if somebody hasn't seen it and they want to just watch something fun, would you recommend it? My first question would be, are you a Nicolas Cage fan? Yes or no? If they say yes... I would recommend it. If they say no, I would tell them to avoid it like the plague. That's I, I, I think Kyle's on the right track. If somebody likes Nicolas Cage, I would say make a night out of it. Watch the first movie. Watch the second movie. Then, you know, curl yourself to sleep and watch Face Off and suck your thumb. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm, I'm right in your area, J.D. I don't know if I... Did, to torture them with a double feature of both Ghost Rider films. Uh, and if I had to choose one, I would definitely choose this over the first one. I think this one's a lot more fun than that one is. Um, and it, this also, I think, has to do with those directors as well, uh, because there is a little bit of that stylized nature with it. So, with that being said, uh, before we go ahead and do all the plugs, um, there's one last thing that we got to listen to, and that is the next film that we are going to be looking at. Cold. Sure about this? No. <laughs> Mr. Constantine, I'd like to ask you a few questions. I know the circles you travel in, the occult, exorcisms. Easy there, hero. That's Dragon's Breath. I thought you couldn't get it anymore. Oh, I, uh, I know a guy who knows a guy. I thought that you could at least point me in the right direction. Yeah, okay, sure. Please. What if I told you that God and the devil made a wager for the souls of all mankind? No direct contact with humans. That would be the rule. Just influence. See who would win. Demons stay in hell. Angels in heaven. They call it the balance. I need to see what you see. You do this, there's no turning back. You see them. They see you. Understand? So for the last episode for October, we're going to be taking a look at Constantine. 
and I'll be bringing over Paranormal Pat to do that episode with me. Uh, and that should be a lot of fun because it's also his first time seeing this movie. It's actually interesting because we had um, the only persons that really had seen any of the movies before was you, Kyle, and Andy, who had seen um, Blade Trinity before. But David never seen Spawn, JD's never seen this, and Pat's never seen uh, Constantine before. And that's available on Netflix, I believe, right now. So you can watch it for free if you have Netflix. Otherwise, it's on all the other platforms. I'm sure that you could find it out there if you wanted to find it. But last but not least, you guys, thank you very much for coming on, and uh, feel free to go ahead and plug yourselves. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll plug our show and, and give my handle, so you guys can listen to us at Back in Time Podcast. We put out two episodes every single week. Um, we tend to do a bunch of different genres from the 80s, 90s, a little bit of the 70s, a little bit of the 2000s, but mostly in that 80s, 90s range. We're a nostalgic pod- uh, podcast, and uh, if you enjoyed our back and forth and our <laughs> our goofiness on this episode, uh, expect a lot more of that on our actual show. And, oh, you can follow me at uh, kautry29. Yep, exactly. So, you know, thank you for having us so much. This is JD here. Uh, Kyle tends to be the brain of our episodes. I tend to be the burp in the mouth. Uh, Give us a listen. We had a great time on this. Um, I mean, we love discussing all things film, and we have a great range of comedy and seriousness to us. So he's kautry29 on Twitter. I'm unjustjustin. And, yeah, we rock. Thank you guys very much for coming on the podcast this week. I really appreciate it. And uh, you can check out, I did an episode with them on Sleepaway Camp if you want to go back and something that's familiar and then kind of just jump around to their episodes because they're always entertaining. For this podcast, uh, you know where to find it on Facebook, Twitter, all that other fun stuff that is out there. Um, So for next time, watch Constantine. And uh, that'll end Superhero Month here on the Terrible Terror Podcast. So thank you guys, and uh, we'll see you next time. 